On this week's episode, we talk about the NFL's new playoff overtime rule, March Madness, and the upcoming Masters Tournament. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 13, season two of Points of Penalties. For all our listeners, we'd like to remind you, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. For our viewers on YouTube, please be sure to subscribe to our channel by clicking the PMP button in the bottom right corner of this video, right about here. And no matter how you check out PMP, give us a like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Points Penalties. You guys know me. Once again, I'm Josh. With my are my co-hosts, Kevin and Jesse. Our boy Peter's away today because he's on his way back to Ontario. So without further ado, Kev, let's start up with you. What are you drinking tonight? Well, just because of the, the Masters, I've found myself an absolute green, beautiful-looking bottle. That's well, a can. can. Challenge. Can. <laughs> I also got it, too, because of uh, the camping that we like to do. It's got a big log in the middle of it. It's a Woodhouse Brewing Company. It's a double IPA at a 7.8%. Ooh. Supper open. Yeah, I had that, that one this year already. I'm pretty sure <laughs> recently. <laughs> oh, I like it. That's good. Good beer. Jesse, what you having? So I went local again here, boys. Here in Stratford, went back to job site. This one is called Awkward Moments IPA, and it's got a plumber crack right on it. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> So it's a extra strong West Coast double IPA. And the amount was 9.1. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Fuck. Well. So I got you beat. <laughs> Good thing but, I didn't bust up the fucking big boys today. <laughs> I uh, anyway. Yeah. So it's again, it's a small boy. I got three of them. So I will be drinking all of them for sure. And I'm going to give it a try right now. Well, that's fruity. Hmm. That's really fruity. It's, it's good, good start, but I just didn't expect it to be fruity. Because that's the point of West Coast. Is it fruity? There you go. Yosh, what are you drinking? All right, guys. I went local today as well, which I try and typically do uh, in Cambridge today. <clears throat> uh, so we are drinking some Wave Maker Craft Brewing and Tap Room. So I've got had a little six pack that was uh, all multiple different uh, varieties of beer. So although I do not have the same beer twice, I have two different ones uh, from the same uh, brewery. So the first one here, which I'm going to drink probably at halftime, uh, is a 5.4% uh, unfiltered lager. Just a regular old lager. Nothing crazy here. Definitely Come part on. of the bitch beer. And, uh, and then the other one that I'm going to have to start the show here is a Warrior Kivik IPA with Amarillo Mosaic and Idaho 7 Hops. It is a 6.3, so it's a little stronger. You average mine out there at 5.85. It's still the bitch beer. No problem. Not I don't mind. Nope, nope. Like I said, I'm glad I didn't bust out the heavier ones because I still would have got beat. So <laughs> but anyway, I'm going to crack this open and uh, see how she tastes. <clears throat> One's good. It's a little bit citrusy, but not not too much. It's uh, it's tasty. Hopefully, I don't spill all over myself because the can's a little dented here. But so if you see me a little, little dribble here, 
Not because I'm drunk or anything. It's because of the can. Yeah, nice sure, beer, sure. beer stain on the white shirt. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, Jess, you have a great hat on. It's a little dirty. Yeah, it's a little filthy. But it's a nice looking hat. Just like mine. Yeah, I don't keep mine in pristine. Well, I wear them <laughs> constantly, too. So, Fair enough. This one here is a uh, vintage 2016 playoff hat, so I barely ever wear it. And if I do, it's like indoors, so it doesn't get dirty. But anyway... Uh, so for those of you who can't see us, we're listening up. We both have Jay's hats on and uh, just wanted to give Jess a shout out for his uh, his Blue Jay hat. And I guess uh, Kev there, he's, he's sporting his... Uh, he didn't get the memo. No, no, he didn't get the Blue Jay memo, but he did get the Maple <laughs> Leaf Blue, or sorry, the Blue in Toronto memo, and he's wearing a, uh, a Jack Campbell jersey. Jack Campbell. Good stuff. He's yep, back, good start. Right? Yeah, man. One, yeah. need one. I'm going to need him. going to need him. All right, guys, you remember the Buffalo Bills and the KC Chiefs uh, last year in overtime playoffs? I do. I do. That's we some sure bullshit. Short playoffs for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or overtime, I guess, there. Yeah, overtime. Well, looks like overtime's going to change a bit in the playoffs. Why don't you tell us about it, Just? Yeah. So the rule came down that they are going to do only in the playoffs is both teams will receive a possession no matter what. Uh, there was also another one, too, that was. In the for a playoff OT, another different rule would be uh, the the team has to score a touchdown and then plus a two point conversion, and they automatically win overtime. But that was kiboshed for both teams getting a possession, and I think like it was pretty. Uh, it wasn't unanimous, but it was like pretty. Everyone wanted this for this to happen, so it's great. I I think it's great at least, but. I'm just curious how you guys are feeling about that. Fucking right. About time. I mean, you stripped the ball out of Buffalo's hands that had a great opportunity of doing something to like, you know, nothing. I just think that that should have changed long ago. It's happy to see it finally being changed. Good for the NFL. No fucking time, boys. Yeah, I agree. It it definitely needed to be changed. Uh, There was, you know, many games over, uh, you know, the past handful of years that, you know, had to end this way. And it's just a, it's a bad way to end a game in my opinion, because essentially if you have a good offense, like you did in that game, the Casey Buffalo game, as soon as you win the coin toss, you're pretty well going to win, uh, win the overtime game. And it wouldn't have mattered if like if Buffalo would have got the coin toss, they probably went, would have went down and won the game just because they have that good of an offense as well. So, um, you know, if you especially are, for all those points that were scored at the end of the game, in exactly, the last minutes. exactly. So, I really think that this is a good idea. Um, like you said, Kevin, it is about time. I, you know, I'm not sure how this lasted so long, uh, you know, with only the p- potential of one possession. But um, it is nice to see that uh, that they've they've got to change this, and uh, I'm glad it was this way. You know, the, the two point conversion thing you're mentioning, Jess, is kind of cool. But it's still, again, if you still have a top-end offense, you still have, you know, probably a 75% chance to win even by, you know, having to put in that extra two points. So I mean, um, like, it's it's definitely harder to do a two-point conversion. For sure. So it's it wasn't a bad idea, and I thought they were going to go that way because I've been so uh, against this, the two possessions. Uh-huh. But apparently that just changed, right? Like, <clears throat> in OT – it's you know, since 2010, the winners who win the coin toss at the beginning are 10 and two. And the only two games that have gone differently was it happened the week afterwards in the AFC championship where Mahomes threw an interception. And then 
they kicked a field. Uh, Cincinnati felt kicked a field goal to win mm-hmm. it. Yep. And then the other one was the Rams when they did it with with the pass interference call, which that one that it, it, the, the, these rules change because of these huge game play game changing plays that happen. So now the pass interference challenge was, did not go well with a lot of people because they were so judgmental, and they were personally for me, I thought New York was trying to protect their refs a lot. And not calling the exact thing that should have been called. They were trying to protect them and see what they saw in real time. That's not the point of replay to me is to just get the call right. But you're right, yeah. It it is what it is. But uh, yeah, they won't be switching it uh, in regular season. And this is because this is it's a lot closer to 50-50 scoring off the beginning. And as we've seen, there's been like ties almost for every year for the last little bit. So it's it. There's lots of opportunity for people to be scoring in OOT in the regular season, even and like like you said in the regular season, it, they're you know a tie going into overtime doesn't necessarily in the playoffs is top end teams, right? Right. In the Who regular usually season, a top end offense, exactly. And and so the other uh, you know regular season, you could get the Lions and the Jags and just finish the game at a tie. Like we don't need to see. You know, go over, <laughs> over, 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 on and on and on, right? <laughs> so, um, but I, I do think, like I said, I think it's good, and uh, hopefully, they. Not that there's any other major rule changes that need to happen, but hopefully, they kind of use this as a stepping stone for some of the things that are a little bit out of whack, uh, and maybe in the future they could change some stuff out. Like I said, not that there's anything crazy that comes to mind, but just being able to uh, change some of this now. Is, like I said, is a, is a stepping stone to uh, to change something else in the future, and that's always a good thing. You know, unlike you know the good old boys of baseball where they barely change anything. Now, although that, that being said, they have really turned a corner in the last two years. But well, they've uh, taken a lot of flack too, and they've right. seen how popular changing of certain rules have been, even for the NHL. Yep. They, they, like we always talk about rules being changed there too. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people are for this to make the game better. Yep. So overall, I, I I love it. I think it's great, and and uh, hopefully the hopefully the Buffalo Bills don't have to get into overtime and in, uh, in the playoffs this year. But if they do, at least they get a possession. <laughs> so there's other one thing I want to talk about too. Obviously, huge news was Brady coming back from retirement after a short-lived retirement, and then all of a sudden now Bruce Arians is stepping down. And so this is happening. He's retiring. He's taking like a front office job. He doesn't even know what he's going to be doing there. At least that's what he said in his press conference. (laughs) And Todd Bowles is taking over as head coach. Now there was rumors during the season that they weren't getting along him and uh, Tom Brady and Arians. And there's a rumor that he would come into the, the game plan that Leftwich and Brady had come up with. And pretty much put a uh, red pencil or a red pen through it and changed it. So it's it's hard to argue like who's wrong and who's right because as soon as Brady has come to Arian's offense, like he's been putting up mad numbers, like crazy numbers. Nothing that he would look besides that one season when he had Randy Moss, like he wasn't putting up these these crazy numbers here. So. My question to you guys is, do you think Brady pushed out Bruce Arians because he was only gone for a couple of weeks? Um, 
No, I don't think so. I, I think, see, we, we were talking a lot about the new uh, head coaching hires and this, that, and the other thing. And we couldn't believe that Todd Bowles wasn't uh, getting even interviews. And he said that he was going to stick around uh, and which was fine. You're on a pretty good team. You know, you have a good chance to, uh, to make the playoffs and to potentially go, you know, semi far in the playoffs. So it kind of made sense that way. But after Aaron stepped down, it made even more sense and why he wasn't going over these interviews and whatnot and turning down other teams because he probably knew that he was going to be the next guy up. And he, I, I think that they already knew this before. They just weren't uh, telling anybody, especially with the, the Brady 42 day retirement. Uh, you know, I think there was enough, uh, enough media coverage and whatnot around Tampa. I think that they just wanted to sit back and let this play out how it did and then go ahead and, and then Arians uh, come out and say that he's, uh, he's going to step down. Now from what Arians said, uh, he said, he's always lo- looking out for his coaches his you know, his players, they're like family to him type thing. And he would rather uh, step down, take that front office position and then still see the team succeed as opposed to, uh, losing, you know, losing Todd Bowles and losing maybe some other guys uh, coach wise, uh, and then not being as good, uh, the following year, obviously Arians can still have a, he's not going to have a say per se in the, in the game day-to-day game, but you know, if, if he's in the front office, he's, he's still a good coach. So, you know, he, I guarantee you Todd Bowles says, yeah, but he, if, hey, he's, bud. If, if he's in the front office, he ain't coaching. He's, he's no, but I mean, on, on off days and whatnot, you pick up the phone and you say, Hey, Bruce, like, what do you do here? Or what, you know, what, give me your thoughts on this particular instance or this scenario. Right. So he's still in the, uh, in, in the, uh, franchise and, and whatnot. And I just feel like, uh, I, I feel like this was planned. So I don't think that Brady pushed him out. No conspiracy theory there. What about you, Kev? I think he did. Uh, I do. Here we go. I honestly do think he did. I mean, to to me, it kind of feels like you're like a LeBron James kind of deal. I'm the guy. You're just you're just you're just this this pawn sitting over here, but I'm the actual dude that's that's calling the shots. And I think that's why he left. I mean, Brady's Brady. Brady's Brady. So. I don't. I don't know. I th- there's a lot of rumors swirling here. Um, it's just funny his press conference and just him saying that he's like, I'm not sure what I'm going to be doing, but we'll figure that out soon. Like it just seems weird that he was like pushed out, and then there was all these rumors beforehand. And he said he would welcome back Tom Brady with open arms, but he was he ends up not being there. But there were reasonings to see it to say if Brady was retiring. Um, he was going to retire as well before the season, the season even ended. So it's it's all up in the air. Uh, for me, yeah, I think he he. It's nothing to do with this. They 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 planned this for this to be to get him back, and then he was going to set up Todd Bowles to be a good coach with a, a really good successor, and they got tons of parts beside him. And I think it's going to be, this rumor is not correct at all. I just thought it was kind of funny with him just stepping down like this. Cause this is, this is, this is strange. Like this has been a crazy off season for the NFL. And then this to happen is just wild. So with Bruce Arians going to front office and Todd Bowles taking over, you obviously got left, there on the offense 
The Rams just signed Bobby Wagner. Huge Ooh. deal. Oh, I'm pumped about that. <laughs> it is awesome. Rich get richer, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they have a lot of in the power rankings or even just people thinking that the Rams aren't the best team in the NFC. Do you guys think that it's still it's the Bucks or the Rams in the NFC? Your head, I just need a pin to, man. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna say the Bucks, just to pop your little. <laughs> it doesn't okay. bother me, man. I already know. I'll, I'll keep showing the <laughs> after the all last year for me. Everything was good for me. We had a bad November. That's about it. Um, that's a, that's a tough question. I, I think that they're both uh, both top end talented teams. Um, I will say, I, I gotta say that the Rams are probably the better team. Um, just because they still have, you know, they still have the, the same coach. They still have, everything is the same, you know, with, with they've lost a few guys. Um, yeah, but, they but, lost a few, but they also added the best wide receiver in, in the free, free agency. And then they also just got Bobby Wagner, who was, you could argue was one of the best defensive players besides Vaughn. For sure. I just think with there's going to be a learning curve uh, for Todd Bowles and the Tampa Bay Bucks, and I think that's going to be the difference there. Um, they don't know about a curve, man. You got Brady. There Was there a curve for Well, it's the head coaching curve. Yeah, that's but you I mean. don't have to worry about that. Brady's in the fucking TV. Sure you do, man. This Brady is doesn't also... do anything with the defense. Yeah, uh, but this is also not Todd Bowles' first head coaching job. Too, no, right? but still, I, I, I just feel... I'll go out on a limb and say that the Rams ended up with a better record than Tampa does next year. That's what I, I like to hear, Yosh. Sure <laughs> I do. don't like to say it. Just, just to pile on to that, too. Uh, you got – you also have to remember is Bruce Arians has coached some really good quarterbacks. Like, he had Luck. He coached Luck. He coached uh, Ben Roethlisberger. He coached um, Peyton Manning. Like, he's coached a, uh, Carson Palmer. Like he's coached a lot of good quarterbacks and obviously Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. He also ends up being like the oldest Super Bowl winner as well. So losing him is huge. I think, I think even if this is true that he changed the game plan, it was always for the better for the most part, I would think. I I like Leftwich as a play caller a lot. And I'm not a huge fan of Bruce Arians. Like he's, he's kind of, he bugs me. He's always said a lot of bad shit about the Rams to begin with because (laughs) he was with the Cardinals, but he says a lot of stuff that is just like infuriates me, but he, I still think he is a very valuable coach. And he also got Jamin Winston to look good, even though he threw a bunch of interceptions, but he still managed to make them look good. Well, that's what I'm feeling on uh, what's going on in the NFC. Cause these are the big two big news that happened. Do you think anything part of this, do you think any of this maybe had anything to do with uh, the whole Antonio Brown thing? Cause like we have like that finished off and then that was it, right? Like we have heard nothing since about Antonio Brown and this whole situation of who, who, you know, he said, she said, because it was, it was definitely a, he said, she said argument between Arians and Antonio. So, you know, but we got nothing out of it. Like we don't, there was never any solid answer to see who was, saying the right shit and who wasn't so well he's also saying some wild stuff now he, he's not getting surgery on his ankle until someone signs him to a contract 
good luck so, with that. <laughs> so it's like it's like what like so you so you don't want to get in rehab you don't want to start working out like it's pretty much he wants to skip training camp is what mm-hmm. i'm seeing right he wants to get that uh that surgery done like halfway through maybe not halfway through the summer but halfway through spring and then so he can rehab and get back out there and be ready for week one but it was it what happened took his shirt off and ran across the field uh should have been a penalty wasn't <laughs> it was it was weird and i i think with the way that bruce arians talks he's a straight shooter he, he tells it how it is and with ab you don't know where it's coming from that's true but that's all i got for the nfl why don't we dribble on to the minor leagues of basketball <laughs> the minor leagues well we're not going to the g league but i guess we're gonna not. talk I about guess, i guess that would be the minor leagues yeah you're right <laughs> yeah, i should challenge fuck <laughs> anyway uh ncaa basketball obviously march madness uh both the men's and women's tournaments are coming to a close the women's tournament uh the final game national title is tonight and it is actually just starting and it's between the connecticut Huskies and the South Carolina Gamecocks. I just like to uh, repeat that it was the South Carolina Gamecocks. Uh, just using an excuse to say cock on the on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I went through bet three six five has got the Gamecocks. I said the Gamecocks at minus two hundred favorites. Um, now we had said last year that you know we were going to watch more games this year, and I did watch a bunch of uh, women's NCAA games throughout the regular season type thing. Maybe not a bunch, but I watched some. Uh, I did watch some throughout the tournament, but we once again forgot to put a bracket together for the women's uh, tournament. Next year. Next year, yeah. We'll just have to remember. See, our our issue this year was, I always thought it was like a couple weeks after the men's tournament, Um, but it basically is like a couple days after when it starts. So that's where I got confused. So I thought we had lots of extra time, but we don't or we didn't. There's a lot of people campaigning that want it at a different time. It so should be at a different time. So that everyone can watch it. Yeah, it really should be. Because if there's a you're taking a away men's from it. game on, yeah, if there's a men's game on, doesn't matter who, who it is, you're likely watching the men's game over the, the women's game if it's like the same round game, right? So obviously if it was a, a championship, you might watch the women's game over, the, over a men's uh, round of 64 game, but, um, but they definitely need to sp- split it up for sure. So if we were to do a bracket, I would have chose UConn to win the whole thing. Now, I'm not just saying that because they're in the finals. I like Paige Beckers. I think she is a great uh, basketball player. She has signed one of the largest uh, nil contracts that we've seen, um, especially for a female athlete. And she's using it for a good cause as well. She's doing, she's donating a lot of the money to, uh, to causes to help, uh, uh, girls come up through the uh, through the ranks and, and play, uh, you know, to get into the NCAA here and and help. Uh, obviously, the whole point is to eventually get to the WNBA. So that's who I would have taken. I would have been pretty happy to see them uh, at this point, especially if I picked it at the beginning of the uh, the tournament. So I'd like to know who you guys would have taken at the beginning of the tournament, and then now that there's only two left, UConn and South Carolina, who do you got in tonight's game? No, I'm taking the Huskies, but I mean, I would I wouldn't have taken the the Gamecocks. I mean, maybe I might have because of the fact that you said Josh. You just take the fact of saying Cox. 
So <laughs> putting them on there, I mean, I don't know. Uh, but the, I think the Huskies going to do it. So from the start of the tournament, I was I don't have much knowledge on the, the female NCAA, but I did watch the Gamecocks on Friday night, the first half. And they were mean. They were awesome against Louisville. It was it was awesome to watch. So I would have definitely probably picked them just for their name, like you guys, Gamecocks. <laughs> but uh, watching them Friday night just just own own the boards and uh, the re, or the they they drove the to the paint a lot, which was awesome to see. So yeah, I I think I would have just picked them probably because of the name. And then after I, what I saw uh, against Louisville, I, I'm going to say that they're going to win. Well, there you go. I'm, the co- I will definitely the co- take those the co- odds, co- odds too. Thank you. Hmm. <laughs> well, I ended up uh, putting a couple bets together today for uh, for both these. I, I did a little two-gamer parlay. So I, I took UConn, and then I took uh, – we're going to talk about shortly on the men's side. I took uh, UNC on that parlay. Um it's not a huge payout, but it'd be cool to uh, make some money on both champions. Now on the men's side, let's uh, let's not hope. Well, let's not let's not float Jesse's boat too much here. But on the men's side, <laughs> uh, which happens <laughs> Monday evening, keep this streak up. Yeah. Uh, on Monday evening, the game, the final game, is between the Kansas uh, Kansas Jayhawks. And the North Carolina Tar Heels. Both teams have played really well throughout the entire tournament. Uh, Kansas has averaged uh, 70 some odd points per game, uh, while UNC has averaged just over 80 per game. So UNC is scoring more. Um, Kansas has more, um, not more talent, but they have more experience. Uh, they have a lot of guys. Their top uh, top eight scorers have played something like 900 plus uh, college games, and that's a lot. That's a lot of experience, and uh, and the, it's, the experience has showed. They, they've they've been in some close games, uh, you know, and and they've still come out to uh, to win. They've got a few big guys that are uh, pretty fucking talented, and uh, they will definitely be in the pros in the very near future. Now, 365, bet 365 says that uh, the Kansas Jayhawks are minus 192 favorites. Obviously, Jesse likes that as he took them uh, to win the whole thing in in his uh, his bracket. Um, so Jesse did take Kansas at uh, the beginning of the tournament. Peter took Gonzaga. Kev, you took Arkansas. And I had Arizona. Obviously, Kansas is the only one of those four left. So, yes, Jess, I <laughs> I know you are 100% still on the Kansas bandwagon here. Is the, Hey, I called it from the beginning before we even put this bracket together. I was like, I, I said Kansas is going to win. Well, whatever. You're still on the bandwagon. <laughs> so, <laughs> Just like I was on the Rams bandwagon, that's right? right? That's right. <laughs> and the Braves. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I don't even need to ask you because I know you're going to say Kansas, but so, Kev, now that Arkansas is out and you saw them, uh, you saw your, your boys get beat, who do you got in these two two teams? You got uh, Jordan's UNC? Yep, or, that's the or one. You, yeah. It's Jordan right away. I mean, when you said Jordan's uh, UNC, yep, I'm in. I mean, I, I love that, you know, the powder blue anyways. I mean, it's a good color, nice color. 
You and Peter and the powder baby blue crab. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and I'm going uh, North Carolina. Yeah, I'm taking UNC as well. Um, They have just with the the average scoring, I feel like I feel like they're just going to keep putting up numbers. Uh, Caleb Love has been phenomenal, and uh, another guy is his name is uh, Baycott, and he's been really good as well. Um, He had a little injury at the end of the last game. There, he kind of twisted an ankle. He stepped on somebody's foot and turned his ankle, but uh, he he was off for a few minutes. For man, that's what came back on. So. And he did say that he's ready to go for uh, for the final, which obviously you're not going to sit out the final if you can even remotely walk. <laughs> so, and there was a couple big surprises this year, and maybe it's the same. Uh, the same game was the biggest surprise, but for you guys, what was this year's biggest surprise in the men's uh, tournament? St. Peter's. That yeah. was wild, man. Yeah, that Beaten was quite the. Uh, Quite the showing. Beaten Kentucky. I forget the next team that they beat. Man, like that, that that's impressive that they were able to do that. Uh, they were 15 seed against Kentucky for the second. Yep. Man, that was wild. That, that is awesome to see. And that's what makes uh, this bracket or NCAA madness or March madness so good and so fun to watch is yeah man because you never know where those cinderella people can come through right and yeah every year this stuff something like this happens so it's 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 great to see and i I like that it was from this small of school because i have never heard of these guys before in the tournament yeah so st peter's beat kentucky and then they went on to beat murray state and then did they beat purdue I think they beat Purdue and then that was it and they lost. But either way, um, that is definitely one of the big ones. Uh, the other one for me would have been, uh, I mean, obviously because I chose Arizona, that's a big loss to uh, to, to lose out uh, in the Sweet 16. But I think Gonzaga is even more of a, a surprise that they lost out. So between Gonzaga being the number one seed, losing out early. And what about Kentucky. the other first one? What about the other number one team that was also punked out pretty quick? Baylor, the Baylor, reigning, yeah, uh, that that would champs. Yeah. That have been mine. Well, I mean, yeah, there's, there's Barrel, Barrel, blah, Baylor. <laughs> there's like you said, there's Arizona was the number one was bounced. You know, um, now Arizona was bounced by a pretty good Houston team, so that you know wasn't too surprising there. Just that it was a number one gone. But yeah, lots of surprises, and like you said, just that's what uh, that's what the best part about this tournament is. Is there's always a Cinderella, there's always upsets, there's always something going on crazy, and uh, it definitely makes it interesting. You know, whether you follow it or not throughout the season, and to just walk in, you know, even if like like we, you know, we're not we're not massive uh, NCAA basketball fans throughout the year, but as soon as it starts getting closer to to March Madness, I know I start following a little bit more, watching a little bit more games. And then as soon as that tournament starts, especially for the first two days, because it's just nonstop oh. basketball, it's awesome. I just love it. That's uh, one of my favorite uh, favorite times in sports for sure. So. Yeah, mine would have been the Baylor big upset. I mean, wow. I mean, that's a big one too, right? Like, like you said, wow. defending champs. Like that's that's unbelievable. When I heard you know, when they were gone, I was like, "Holy fuck, you kidding?" From champs to chumps, wow. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I had them losing to UCLA 
and going on into the final four, obviously. That didn't happen. North Carolina got them, and now, you know, they're in the finals. So <laughs> it's funny because I, like I, I like UNC, so I would, you know, if I'm just betting with my heart, they would have been, I would have put them in the final four typically, right? But I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use my brain this time instead of my heart. Shouldn't have been and, doing that, man. But I know, I know. I'll look Using at your me. brain. <laughs> what a loser. All right, guys, we got one more thing to talk about here uh, within March Madness and NCAA basketball, and it's going to come up in just a second. This week's points and penalties MVP is none other than former Duke head coach, Coach K, Mike Krasinski. He finishes his legendary career the loss in the final four of this year's March Madness tournament to the aforementioned University of North Carolina. Now the Duke UNC rivalry is one of, if not the best rivalry in men's NCAA basketball history, uh, especially with, uh, with Krasinski. And I cannot remember the former UNC coach's name, but he's an older dude. He was at all the games, like just sitting as a fan. Um, so that between those two coaches, I should have looked that guy's name up, but <laughs> that was uh, not on my MO today. Uh, but that rivalry between those two head coaches and those two teams, absolutely insane. So many close, close games over the years, obviously way more games than I could ever, you know, even, even fathom just with the, the age of myself compared to, uh, to these coaches and, and these, uh, these schools so um you know although it was uh, coach k's last game that that final four game it did not disappoint 70 70 000 plus fans watching a great game with 18 different lead changes uh and, uh in the end unc's caleb love was too strong he nailed a clutch three-pointer and then some late free throws to ice the game coach k's career comes to a close with five national championships nine appearances in the championship in the championship game and 13 final four appearances which is just unheard of that is a lot a lot of good basketball he has a career record of 1129 wins 309 losses which gives him a 785 win percentage which again blows my mind that is super high yeah it's amazing Huge. Uh, he's won 16 different Coach of the Year awards from different entities, from the ACC Coach of the Year to the TSN Coach of the Year to the CBS Coach of the Year, all that type of good stuff. Um, some obviously more uh, prestigious than others because I don't think he really cares that he was the TSN uh, Coach of the Year, but but those <laughs> ACC Coach of the Year awards were, uh, were pretty good. So uh, he was 47 years as a head coach. Um, 42 of them were with Duke and the, uh, the first five, he was a coach for army. And this is just crazy. Like, you know, I mean, his retirement isn't crazy. We knew it was going to happen. He had said uh, early, uh, I believe preseason, this was going to be his last, his last season. And you could just tell through throughout the tournament with Duke playing and they had a purpose and, and they, they really want to get, uh, to the final four that I know I'm sure they wanted to get to the finals and win uh, for coach K. Cause how cool of a send off would that be to retire a champion? Um, obviously, uh, as I mentioned, UNC was just a little too strong for them uh, in, in the long run, but uh, 
just absolute greatness from coach K all throughout his years. Um, I don't know. There's, there's probably many different things that you could, uh, you could remember about coach K and, and some of the big things that he's done over the years. But uh, what, what do you guys, what, what will you remember about coach K the most? What, what is your gut feeling on, on this guy and how his legacy will be remembered in your mind? Olympics, man. I mean, he brought the USA and brought them back to a winning game and won two gold medals with the, the USA team. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome for him that like he getting those gold medals. But uh, you know, I'm gonna challenge you, Kev. I'm gonna challenge you on the on the on the Olympic medals. How many do you say he has? Two. My gut feeling says one, but I'm gonna go crazy and I can say it's three. I just I don't know. I don't know why. I just need I mean we need a, we need a challenge, but I just I don't know. For some reason I think it's more than two, even though I kind of feel like I'm gonna be wrong <laughs> and it's gonna be one. Uh maybe it'll be two, but I just have uh I have a feeling it's 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 either one or three. I don't think it's two. I just I don't know what it is. Oh, oh, oh. three gold medals at yeah. 2008, 2012, and 2016. Uh, nice, nice. Well, there you go. He's got three, and then that there you go. Three you Olympic see? gold medals is what it says here. Bringing them back to glory. Well, I mean, hey, if you remember two of them, Kev, now you can go back and watch the third, third Olympics one. and. <laughs> I mean, were, were you thinking with your heart there, Yosh, or your brain there? I don't know, man. I, don't, I think <laughs> you said down your guts. Uh, yeah. Like, like the closest thing is the heart at that point. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, that's all right. I like that. <laughs> I always like getting a plus one. <laughs> oh, fuck. So, so, so for caveat, for you, it's the Olympics and the big W's there. What about you, Jess? And I'm glad I said gold medals there, and it, I didn't say a number, so I couldn't get you. <laughs> but, but I think the biggest thing is the amount of players that he sent. So he had 42 players in the first round and 28 of them in the lottery picks. Wow. So, yeah, he's put out some great players there. Uh, obviously, that comes with recruiting and also coaching, right? They coached him up to get these spots to be taken at these spots. So uh -huh. that's one of the biggest things that I'll remember about him. Obviously the three goals are huge, but the amount of players that he had spit out at in the first round and in the lottery draft picks. Yeah. I can't argue with you on that, man. That's uh, that's a lot of top end players that he's uh, has come out of his system. A lot of, a lot of top end players. Yeah. Buddy. <clears throat> Uh, for me, probably two things. One, the just the crazy amount of times that he made it to the NCAA tournament. Like it's almost, it's got to be, and I'm looking at the stats here, it's got to be 90, 80 to 90% of the time that he, he coached uh, for Duke anyway, uh, making it to the NCAA tournament, which is insane. Like, you know, sure, they might not have been the greatest uh, team that particular year or whatever what have you not saying they were you know the number one team or whatever but um, lots of years he took them to the tournament and that's what 
builds a great program is is good and good high-end coaching and and getting into these high-end games which gives these players that you talked about Jess, that are able to go first round um and it's definitely going to help them in the future uh, in the nba uh, the other thing too that i really liked about coach k and and his over his career was that he would get fired up and you know something would happen he'd get all fired up he would you know he'd lay into you or whatever but as you came off the court for, for whatever the timeout or you was you know you were being benched at that that time for the sub or whatever yeah he might he might rip you but then he'll stop and he'll explain to you why and he was he was super calm about it. So yes, he's freaking out because that's in the moment. But then it's like a total uh, change of of direction, and then it's a it's a learning or a teaching experience for Coach K. He teaches, you know, he, this is why this is why you needed to do this instead of that, uh, and that type of thing. So he always seemed like he was in control of himself uh, emotionally, control of his team emotionally, and that's huge, especially getting into these tournaments where there it's a high end tournament, and you got to be. You know, you can't be up and down. You got to be straight laced. You got to be cruising at, uh, you know. Well, it's winter go home, right? So you're going to freak out on him and then you're going to give him some time to think about it. And then you're going to explain to him what he did wrong and exactly fix it. Kind of yeah, I saw, I saw some uh, footage with him in regards to doing some practices. He goes, you don't want to pass the ball this way. You want the ball up in the air to pass. You don't need it in your chest. You know, he's just explaining, you know, the best ways of – getting rid of the ball in the air. I mean, the Which guy's funny, great. Because when you're in school, you there, you're taught about chess passes, right? Like, yep. but uh, I'm just trying to make the passes accurate at that point. Not, yeah, not for worrying sure. about steals. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. All right. So coach K on an absolute elite legendary career. We hear points and penalties. Going to cheers you. I'm definitely cheering yep. coach K. Cheers, bud. Cheers. All right, now, moving on to our next topic. There are quite a few legends that play in this tournament. Kev's going to tell us all about it. Yeah, guys, we're getting ready for the Masters. On his Jackson glove. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so on today's wardrobe change, Kev went from his Leaf jersey to a polo uh, golf hat with his – his marker he's got a golf fucking glove on uh you got your uh uh hang on oh what the hell is it called? Your divot, you got your divot rep- marker or hang on divot repair tool here. in your pocket too what is there's the club oh the, the clubs are just around the corner from oh right there. there they were not in the camera no they're not in the camera <laughs> but i was shaking them i just them. saw you just shaking i was like we had a seizure yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> Shaking up the, the clubs just to so you know they're right there. No dying on camera there, Kev. No, not at all, sir. I'll let you guys know to call 911 first. But, yes, guys, it is the uh, the golf um, big one. This is like the Stanley Cup for golf, World Series, you know, Super Bowl. This is this is like the big one. This, is, this, is, this one's for the green jacket. Not the gold jacket? No, it's only green, sir. <laughs> 
Now, Hideki um, Matsuyama uh, will uh, defend his title this year. He is the first male Japanese golfer to win the Masters in 2021. Now, we have uh, Royal McElroy. Roy McElroy returns to Augusta looking to complete the, uh, his career Grand Slam. This is, I think, the only one that he needs to get. This is why it's for his Grand Slam. Now, he was talking um, on a pref com- conference once before about Tiger Woods actually um, doing some practice uh, rounds there at Augusta. Doesn't know if he's really going to play, but he thinks, you know, just uh, him being there is huge. I mean, Tiger's a big, uh, a big fucking player for this, man. I mean, when Tiger comes out, people are there to watch. But not saying that if he's not there, I'm sure there's going to be uh, several players that are just as uh, good or that can bring uh, the fans out. Now, the previous uh, winners of the green jacket are given a lifetime um, to Augusta. So if you've won one, you'll never have to worry about entering or trying to play to get in because you're, you're a lifetime player. Winners of the three men's majors receiving five years exemption. Um, winners of uh, the players receives a three-year exemption. Uh, we have uh, those who finished uh, inside the top 12 and tied during the previous year's tournaments are invited back, along with those to finish a share of fourth or better in the PGA Championship, U.S. Open, and the, and the Open. Winners from April 2021 onwards and the 30 players to reach the PGA Tour Tours Championship will receive a coveted invite. Six spots are available for amateurs uh, who will tee it up in Augusta as long as they don't turn pro beforehand. And uh, the only left, the only ways left to qualify the 2020, sorry, 2022 Masters are with the victory of this week's Valero Texas Open or by receiving a special invitation. So guys, Did I you put, get an invitation this, this year, Kev, or what? Oh, buddy. No, I'm too good. Oh, fuck. Here we go. <laughs> Are you still in reserve? No, man. I've um, I've done one. <laughs> LTIR. Uh, no, I did, uh, I, I did on the uh, virtual last week, and I'm going again tomorrow in regards Look to smacking you. it off the, the virtual wall. Now, uh, I've left um, some players here, guys. Uh, for you to look at uh, players that are trying to get this green jacket. Obviously, there's uh, close to about 98 or close to 88 or more um, players going into this. So I've uh, color coordinated the uh, green jacket winners already. Uh, yellows in regards to possible um, favorites. And obviously, the reds are our Canadians. Um, now, if you find some that are multicolored, is because they've won the jacket and they're favored, and so on and so forth. So, unfortunately, our listeners and our viewers can't see this. I don't know if I can put this on a, as a as a graphic, but uh, maybe maybe run through some of the the favorites so they can. So we have uh, favorites here of um, Patrick um, Catley, um, Victor Hovland, uh, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson. Roy McElroy, Colin McGum, Morikawa, uh, John Rahm, uh, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, um, Scotty Scheffner. They're, they're, those are the ones that are that I saw 
that were basically put on for your favorites to win. Now, Tiger Woods is in this um, list. Not saying he's going to be there. Um, he could, he could not. I don't know. But because his name is there, do you guys think that he is playing this year? And who do you guys have to win your um, green jacket? By play this year, do you mean play golf this year, period? Or no, play or this year's Masters? This year's Masters, because he's on the list. He's on the list so far as being there. Uh, I don't see him playing, but because he's there, I'm just asking, does he play this year? And, again, who do you guys have to win your green jacket? Um, that's a tough one for – if your question was, will Will Tiger play this year, I 100% think he will play in some tournament this year. Um, man, will he play this year – in the masters, he has said that he's a game time decision. I would love to see him play. I don't think that he is going to shatter any records. I don't think there's anything, uh, you know, we're not going to see any earth shattering play out of him. If he does, I'm, I'm going to say he doesn't play in this. I, I think he's going to shut it down. I think he's, you know, like you said before, Kevin, it's great that he's there. He's going to bring people in. Uh, you know, everybody loves him or most at least, uh, you know, and he is golf, right? Like, it's, it's like when you, when you talk about, when you talk about hockey, it's Wayne Gretzky. When you talk about, you know, basketball, it's Jordan, Kobe, LeBron. There's a top end guys. Golf is, you know, it's Jack, it's Arnold and it's Tiger. And that's it for me anyway. It's right. Those, right. No, for sure. Cause I mean, uh, Tigers is only one off from um, tying the, the golden bear in regards to wins, well, wins for jackets for the green jacket because golden bear has six tigers got five. Holy moly. Yeah. I'm, I'm in Yosha's book here. I, I do not think he will play in the masters this year. I could see him. I'm pretty sure I, I, I also was part of the, when he first got in the accident, I said that he'd play again. So play this year. I'd go with that. Yeah. Uh, I think he's there to drive t- ticket sales and viewership. Keep everyone yeah. guessing for sure to see if he's going to show up or not. And it doesn't make sense for him to play. Tell you the truth. Like <clears throat> I get, I get that he's, uh, he's, he's trying to get back out there, which is always good to when you're coming back from a, a big injury like this from that crash, but mm-hmm. it's, like you can't rush it, and usually at the Masters you want to play your best. Like sure. Even though you're always invited back there after you win, you want to play, you want to play your best. You, you you don't want to just show up just to. I mean, like, yeah, it's fun to see all your old friends and stuff like that. But, he's doing that right now, and he's not playing yet, yeah. right? So so yeah, there's there. I don't I don't see him playing. I I see him just continue rehabbing, getting that leg stronger for um, showing up at, at at tournaments where he wants to play and he has a chance of winning. Yeah. I, I think the same. I think he's going to work towards getting to the next, uh, the next major, you know, we'll see how he feels uh, after swinging a bunch of clubs and he's played, playing some rounds uh, prior to the tournament uh, to see how he's doing and whether he's going to be at the top end uh, form that needs to be, to be in the masters. Uh, I think moving forward over the next handful of weeks, 
Uh, he's going to, you know, maybe he even comes and starts playing next week in a regular old tournament, just not the, the not a Masters or sorry, not a major. Uh, but I think his his goal here is probably to play in at least one or two majors this year, and uh, and then again, Kev to go for that green jacket probably next year uh, to to tie uh, Jack. So. No, I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll tie Jack. But I mean, I think Jack's going to hold on to that one. I like to see Jack hold on to that. That's my favorite golfer. I don't. I don't see Tiger playing in this tournament, even though that he is listed in it. Um, I do see him, like you guys are saying, will be back at some point. Um, I think next year will be his uh, return to the to the Augusta. Um, uh, the one person that I was shocked that's not playing this year is good old Lefty. Lefty is not playing at all in this year's well, Masters. With all the Saudi stuff that he was talking about, and there was a, all that issue uh, between him and the PGA, uh, it doesn't you know, he did take his, he stepped away from golf for a little bit and I kind of thought he was going to use the masters as his re-entry back into the PGA and to kind of get back into the swing of things, no pun intended, uh, and to try and get his ship back together and kind of get on back in the good books of golf and the PGA and that type of thing. So I kind of thought that this might be a tournament that he uh, would look to, uh, to try and get back at, but it is interesting that he's, uh, he's still staying away and, and not, uh, not going to come back uh, just yet. So um, like I said, Kev, that's a, it's interesting situation that uh, he's gotten himself into. And, For sure. And I've always liked lefties. So to, to see him or not see him in a master's here, you know, whether he plays good or not, I always like watching him. He's always makes some crazy good shots and some crazy shots that you'd never think, maybe not in the masters as he do some backwards golfing and whatnot, but he can do some crazy stuff with those irons and just seeing him on the course uh, is always a cool thing for me. I, I always like watching him. He's, you know, him and tiger woods, right? Yep. Like they were battling back and forth back in the day. The day well, that's what you're talking about with like, who you think of like the top shelf, like he, he's not that obviously with uh, Nicholson and, and, and woods, but his brand has has made him part of that for the PGA. And mm-hmm. you, when you think of golf, you typically think of, of Tiger and him. So it's it's he's he's not as good as we know, but it's still you you definitely think about him all the time. And him missing this is huge. But maybe maybe he's waiting to make his way back. Like it's kind of a good that was kind of a good idea that you were talking about, Yosh. Like him making his big return but no there's one thing that i that i've read sorry to cut you off there uh jesse but um bryson DeChambeau was in this uh for the green jacket but from um the last article i read um with regards to bryson DeChambeau that he is going to go to the uh the saudi he's going to be there he's going to be their face some, that, something about a two hundred million dollars, like two hundred million dollars. I think is what he's getting at. It's gross. So they're paying him just to come and play. I thought that you. Yeah. I thought the purses were just large. Purses are large, but they're trying to entice people for their for their face of the, like you know how Tiger Woods is PGA. They're trying to get Bryson DeChambeau as the um, LIV. Maybe they're just trying to knock Brooks Kepka's game off. Well, Kepka will fucking love it, right? Yeah. If, yeah. if Deshimbo is going to go to Saudi, then that's 
that you know there's no more no more rival nor more button heads like. yeah just like tiger and uh mickle Mick mickelson i mean there is his his men and then nemesis is gone yeah but they weren't like they were rivals but they weren't they didn't hate each other they were more friends personally oh, yeah who, like, tiger and mickelson yeah oh, i'll challenge that in a hundred percent they did not like know. one another I'm, at all at yeah. all they did not like one another that's that's tough because that's that's a lot of personal life to challenge. It is that. a personal life to challenge, but I mean, they did not like one another at all. They despised one another in regards to playing on, um, was it the European with regards to the you know USA and in, in the Europe's, um, whatever that matchup was again. I can't oh, recall the, the name. Cup? Yeah, the Ryder Cup. I mean, they didn't like, they didn't like one another to be able to play with one another. It's just yeah. It's, it wasn't more like the Brooks Kepka and the Bryson DeChambeau. I mean, I think this uh, Mickelson and um, Tiger had a little bit more animosity towards one another than them two did. You think? Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know if there could be more animosity between those two than there is between Kepka and DeChambeau. <laughs> the first thing I Googled, it says uh, it's a love-hate rivalry. between the two so he might be right that there is some hate there but i think there's like respect where i don't think there's much respect between deshambo and and brooks <laughs> yeah yeah there's a whole lot of stuff that just says love hate love hate because when they went to that uh when they just played against each other that uh overtime where they just kept getting they, they wanted someone to make a great putt they didn't want someone to screw up a putt more or less right they just mm-hmm. said like just take it like there's little gimmies and everything like that like they were the judges right so that just that that and all just says i don't really think they hate each other i think they just want they they respect each other more or less but uh who knows i don't know if i don't know if we can we can call this a challenge here on that one yeah it's uh it's definitely a tough one. i'm trying to find something that specifically says you know they hated each other but it's uh i think they're just saying that it's just the classic rivalry and and you always hate the your rival right like of course anyways yeah uh, so who i think i'm gonna win for this uh grabbing that green jacket or gold jacket for happy gilmore yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh i'm gonna go with justin thomas I uh, I thought he was gonna get it. Uh, I don't know if it was last year, or the year before. He was doing really well, and he missed out. But uh, I think this is his year. I think he had like a great like he he was leading for most of it, and then he just fell apart in the fourth round. But that's who I'm going with. Justin Thomas. Okay, I am gonna take John Rom. I think he's been great this year. He has missed a couple uh, putts that he definitely needed to make, but uh, on this big stage, uh, I think he's uh, I think he's going to pull it out and uh, and get the W here. And if I get a, a second pick, um, I'm going to take uh, Jordan Speed. Yeah, I, I think Jordan Speed is going to have a good tournament as well. I don't think he's necessarily going to win. Going all. Well, yeah, good. Pedro on us with conditionals here. No, no, no. I still, think, I still think Rom is going to win, but I think Jordan Speed is going to have a hell of a tournament. 
Jordan Spieth has been playing like shit lately, man. How, yeah. how do you miss two inch, like two foot putts, two foot putt? I mean, he's done it several times or even the last, I mean, this one that's going on now, they're sitting there saying he's better get his shit in gear or he ain't going to do shit in this uh, green jacket. I mean, that's fair. Uh, he is, you know, he's top 10 by the looks of things. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Top 10 uh, in terms of, uh, of odds from bet three, six, five. So he's at plus 2,200 to win. Uh just Justin Thomas, he is the number tied with number two at plus 1400 to win. And um, I, I, I'm taking Roy. I mean, Roy definitely needs one. I mean, this is the last thing he needs to win. So, uh, so Rory is top uh, six with uh, he's a plus 1800. Um, looks like John Roma is, uh, is the favorite at uh, plus 1100, but I just I don't even care that he's the favorite. I just feel like he's played some good golf this year and uh, he's held on to that number one spot. Uh, a lot in the past uh, calendar year here. And uh, who's the guy that just won recently? He looks like fucking Joe Dierte. That's Scotty Scheffler, right? Who won that? Uh, what? Won like, it, I can't remember that. It was, was it the players? I think Is he won the players championship. He just recently, the last was, I'm pretty sure you, he's got fucking like a mullet, the guy, Scotty. I'm pretty sure it's Scotty. Yeah, I know, I know you're talking about one now. So he is. You know he's another one of those guys that are are uh, projected to do well. He's he's a plus sixteen hundred. Um, I just can't. I couldn't pick him because of his fucking mullet. Uh, yeah, I just couldn't do it, man. Couldn't do it. But that'll be interesting to see. And we'll know by next uh, by next week. We should, yeah. Unless so there's random weather or something, but yeah. We were just ta- you're talking with the lines there, Pete or. Peter Yosh challenge. <laughs> uh, so I was looking at this other one, and first is John Ram, and it's a sports line. <laughs> John Rom, sorry, and the next guy is Jordan Speed. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and then uh, Justin Thomas fourth, and Roy McAvoy's fifth. So. Yeah, man, we got some pretty close yeah, ones. This I was like this. the the odds that you when you were spitting those out, I was like, huh. Seems like you just picked the top two. Yeah, yeah, well, no. Like no, I said, like you're, you're speed taking is at Rom. plus twenty two. Yeah, I got Rom. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Another guy who might do well, and, and like I said, not. I'm not saying he's gonna win, but Morikawa, I think he's gonna have a pretty good tournament. Season. Oh well, for sure he will. I he's mean, number he, three on this one. Is he's, he? <laughs> yeah, you're just you're just going no. through the top guys. <laughs> no man, on fucking bet three six five, he's like the seventh guy. So <laughs> I mean, it, it's very hard to to repeat, but it, it's definitely doable. No, you're thinking the other guy. You're thinking uh, Morikawa is not Japanese. Oh, He's no. the American. American. Right. It's the uh, uh, oh man, what the hell is the other guy's name? Uh, Matsuyama. Hey, Matsuyama. He's the guy that won yeah. last year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Still so like, won't be going back about? to back. Yeah. No, let, let, let's kind of hope that uh, we don't have a repeat of um, Fuzzy Zeller when Tiger won the first time because we don't know if he's going to put Shushi out for dinner. Or whatever, right? Because when Tiger won the first time, we all know what Fuzzy Zeller said. Yeah, I mean, I can't remember. No, exactly I don't want to. I don't want to say it. But it was but uh... it was pretty bad, and that's why they stripped him of all his um, sponsors and everything. And Fuzzy Zeller went from this to that. Yeah, for sure. Well, you can't be racist, man. No. End of story. End of story. <laughs> so. But uh, we're gonna get into some little quick. Uh, Quick time here, guys, in regards to uh, Austin Matthews. 
Yeah, Toronto sports. We've got some big news in every uh, in, in every major sport in Toronto. Unbelievable. Hey, guys. I mean, scores 50. Granted, it was an empty net. He didn't like that it was an empty net goal for his 50th, but he did pop one to actually make 51. So with 14 games left here, guys, will he reach 60 for the season? I think he does, 100%. He's on a 12-goal pace for every 10 games uh, that he's uh, put in. So, I think Since he does when? it. Like, like, was that after just the last 12, 12 games? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was reading some article. Said that, so, I'm just going to go with that. I just think he will. He's been great. Um, you know, I just feel like he's he's got nine to go in 14 games. I, I just think it's easy. I think he's going to. He's just going to keep putting bucks in the net and uh, he's going to hit 60 and that'll be fucking pretty amazing. I have no idea who the last guy, last leap to do 60 was, if anybody has ever done it. I don't think a leap has done 60, to be purely honest. I think the the highest one is 55. And I mean... That's a, that's a lot lower than... I, th- I thought that would be closer. Challenge sounds like you might want to challenge. <laughs> I just don't know who else to name. I, I don't know what the Leafs good enough. That's the problem. No, nah, I See, think if, that the last he one, was here, he probably would have challenged. I know, <laughs> but like to to not but, to to no one actually making sixty is is especially like when everyone was scoring like and your boy Sittler like he never got there. No, sorry, he yeah. didn't even. I don't even think Sittler even had a fifty goal season. It's garbage then. <laughs> One of the greatest captains you've I'm ever joking, talking man. about. I'm joking. I'm totally joking. I'm, I mean, no look, maybe did Rick Vive maybe do it? He would him. Rick Vive, I think Rick Vive did it. I think Rick Vive did it three, three, three or four times. Rick Vive has scored 50. And then it goes Clark right. and then it goes uh Anderchuk. Yeah, I'm but just um thinking like the 55 60. The 55, I think believe was a vibe rick vibe had 55 i mean andrew chuck and uh, them had i think it was like 53 or you know 51 but i don't see i don't see austin doing 60 i mean i, I he'll do i think he as i say he has 56 by the end you think he gets the top the most for yeah. your yeah. knowledge yeah <clears throat> Uh, well, I'm the leaf hater here, so I don't think he's gonna get there. And I think I'm pretty sure I picked someone else to win the Rocket Richard. I honestly can't remember. <laughs> but I think you took, did you take Dry Seidel? Me? Oh, yeah, I probably did. I probably went with him, Dry Seidel. And then I went with McDavid as the MVP. Anyway, uh, yeah, I don't think he makes it just because I'm a hater. <laughs> yeah, I think he does. And, uh, It'd be neat to see, like, with the 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 suspension that he received, the two games plus the injury that he didn't play couple, at least five games couple, or whatever it was. Yeah, a couple games that he missed at the beginning of the year. Like, he he probably could have gotten it. Yeah, I mean, especially on the pace that Yosha said. <laughs> I still think he's gonna do it. So I'm looking at all time. So he is fourth on the all-time list right now. He's tied with uh, Rick Vive from 82-83 with 51 goals. Next up is Rick Vive in 83-84 with 52 goals. 
Next up would be Dave Anderchuk in 93-94 with 53 goals. And the last top goal scorer uh, per season ever, 1981-82, Rick Vive had 54. Oh, there was a challenge. There was definitely a challenge because you kept kept saying Wendell Clark and he hasn't hit 50. So, um, Sure, Wendy didn't hit a 50? I'm looking at it right now, 46. Oh, but I think he does it. I think it's uh he's going to be the all-time uh, season leaf score, like, like single season leaf score of all time. That's going to be easy. That's three goals to tie it. And uh, I, I guarantee you he hit 60. Boom. Bang. Hot, hot take or some shit. Luke, lukewarm take. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's where I go from there. No, I'm not sure what time we have left here, guys, but I'm just going to roll into this one either, or just, just because Kyle Lowry returns to Toronto. For the first time since last season, have you guys changed your mind about the GOAT yet? Well, first off, it was a question for me to ask you guys because oh. I have always been on the Kyle Lowry GROAT uh, bandwagon there, the greatest Raptor of all time. You guys are, I believe you both said that VC Air was the Canada for sure. Yeah. And so, you know, now you've seen it's been a whole season with hit with uh, Kyle away or just about a whole season. Have you? Yeah, we you- replaced him with v- uh, FVV. No, not a big deal. Not a problem. Yeah. Nope. What? Who's who's this Lowry guy? <laughs> oh, <laughs> so it, it hasn't changed your mind then? You still think VC? Yeah. I, I I for like Lowry had. It took him a long time to be what he was too. Like the numbers that uh, Van Vliet is putting up now are the almost the exact same, and it took Lowry a lot longer to uh, get to these numbers in the system. So like, to me, like any, he had a lot of decent players around and air Canada, I don't think had a lot. And he was, he was our Kobe. Like that, that's, that's what I think of him. I think he, the only issue with him was he was the only guy on our team and he was hurt. And I, and as much as I'm chirping louder right now, I still think he's probably number two. I mean, VC had Chris Bosch. That's not nobody. He was hurt a lot though. When he was playing with Chris Bosch, like VC was or Bosch was hurt? No, 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 no. VC was, and and that that's I get I get you kind of can say that, and at that time it was still like driving the lane a lot too, but uh, yeah, Lowry really didn't take off until he was like twenty seven, like he was here for a while, and uh, mm-hmm. for a point guard, amazing especially for the Raptors and yeah, your buddy Peter's not here to help you with this and it's <laughs> just me and Kev against you, but I thought VC, what he did, man, was, it was phenomenal. Yeah. So I've turned the, the TV on just before we uh, started our show today. And of course I put the Raptor game on and I recorded uh, the beginning of it because I wanted to see the tribute, um, for Lowry, yeah, for sure. For Lowry, yeah. So, you know, because I'm not listening. I'm watching the games here, but I'm not listening. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. He was uh, – I thought actually – I, I kind of thought he was going to be in tears when they did the tribute and whatnot. It didn't seem like he was, but he was very uh, receptive of the crowd. And from from what it looked like, the crowd was going fucking nuts. And, like – As they should. If I was at the game, I wouldn't have a voice. Like, yeah. second <laughs> half, there's no way I have a voice left. Like, as much as we like, – I, like I said, I tripped him, but I still think he, he's like, 
I you could honestly argue for me. Like I know I said number two before, but it's one A and one B for me. That like I I think Lowry was huge. He got us a championship, and he was around. He had the length too, right? He was around for a long time with the Raptors, and that's why he yep. he has that growth pedigree. One other thing with the Raptors boys is uh, I don't know if you noticed, but they're in fifth fucking place right now. Yeah, you and said this. You said that this morning to me, and I was like, "You mean tied?" And you're like, "Nope, game and a half." I was like, yeah. "Oh shit." <laughs> Yeah, and they're playing like like obviously they're playing Kyle Lowry, which is against Miami. They're winning currently against the number one team. That's huge. Uh, and they're, uh, Are they the number one team right now? Miami is uh, before today started. They were so because oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. they have been like switching like constantly. it's been great. The top four has been fucking all over the place. So it's been wild. It's been a wild finish here to the season with the with the movements up and up and down in the standings. But uh, and hey, with, with with sixth and fifth. Yeah, and seventh. I, you could almost argue, but we're well ahead of seventh now. Hey, considering that we weren't uh, weren't supposed to do a whole lot this year, we are, uh, in my opinion, we have exceeded expectations, and uh, we shall okay. see. So I have a question for you. Do you think uh, uh, he said the oh, what's his name, the GRGM, Masai? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Masai's the president of the GM. Oh, well, he, he still runs that shit. It's Masai, yeah. So, you think he said to Dank to get, and he's like, I know my guy, fuck Jalen Suggs, I want to get Barnes, kind of thing like that? Like, no, no, I don't think he would ever say fuck Because these guys have been, like, crazy good. Like, they started off really good, and then they hit a rough patch, injuries yep. happen, and, like, it's wild. Like, I agree with you completely. Like, we weren't supposed to be in the playoffs. We weren't supposed no. to be sniffing <laughs> the fifth seed here. Exactly. No, uh, we weren't supposed to, but, you know, the the trade for uh, for Gary Trent was fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Now, that was... That was you and me were both were... were yeah. Was, yeah. We were upset that... Uh, I was... Yeah, because I'm like, who the fuck is Gary Trent Jr.? And, you know, you have that... You have that... Uh, chemistry. The chem- Yeah, and, and it's like, it's Norm, right? Like, he won a championship with it. It's Norm. Like, you can't get rid of this guy and... You know, and it, it worked out phenomenally for us. And then uh, Masai knows what he's fucking doing, man. <laughs> he really does. So. Now, one more, one more thing here, guys. Since you're wearing these caps of yours, yeah, I yeah. should put I should have put mine on, but you know, I got my you know marker here. Blue Jays opening days less than a week away. You know, guys, it's going to be on Friday. Right? Yeah, it is. It is. Jays made a trade today as well. Swapping catchers with the White Sox with Reese McGuire and Zach Collins. I have no idea who Zach this? Collins is. He's a catcher for the Chicago White well, Sox. I, I, but I, but I he's now for the Toronto Blue Jays. But, but yeah. do, do you actually know any anything from him? What yeah. pedigree does he have? He sits behind the plate. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so an analyst of that. <laughs> Okay, so basically what I get out of this trade is uh, Reese is a little better offensively, and he probably, because he's had more experience in the bigs, uh, he's probably uh, he's a better fit for uh, for the White Sox to back up Yasmani Grandal. So I think that, that you know, he, it's a better fit for them that way. Uh, Reese also doesn't have any minor league options anymore, where Collins does. And he can be sent down freely. Uh, 
and that's going to be where he ends up uh, right now as he's going to go to AAA. And so we lose a little bit uh, in terms of offense and defense with Collins. But when you look at all the depth that Toronto has at catcher, Reese wasn't going to get a whole lot of playing time to begin with. And because he didn't have options, he's got to sit on your bench. And it's not usually good to have three catchers on your bench. Uh, two guys is pretty much where you want. And and if you've got guys that have options, then great, right? Yeah, but we were going to roll with Kirk as the DH probably at that point too. So it didn't really bother me that we had had three catchers. I mean, they're... for me personally. Like, who are we bringing? Like, is Collins going down then? I'm assuming like Collins will go down, yeah. So who do we bring up? I don't think they're good. Well, it won't. It probably won't be the catcher because the other one is Moreno. So and they're he's not ready yet. Yeah, he's so, not ready. But no. but we gotta. I I thought we were rolling with three, with Reese being that uh, that last guy. Mm-hmm. So I'm confused on who's coming up then, or who's. Yeah, I'm not it. sure who they're going to uh, who they're going to promote or what have you. Uh, I mean, my guess is probably probably a pitcher of sorts. Probably a probably a bullpen pitcher, um, okay. but but I, I, you know, this trade happened a little earlier today, so it was, uh, you know, there hasn't been a whole lot of news um, from the the fallout from this type of thing. But so basically, this is just a, it's basically because of the options. That way, they don't have to hang on to Reese up up in the bigs uh, all year, or he would have to clear waivers and, and whatever else. So that's not, uh, that's, you know, it's not a good, I personally like so. Reese over, uh, Jansen personally. I don't mind Reese. Uh, I, I think, I think Jansen is good defensively and that's it. Uh, but like, like that I, I think Reese could do the exact same thing defensively. He, and especially with more playing time, I'm sure he could. Um, but, uh, you know, evidently the, uh, the Jays thought that, um, it was better to move him and get a guy that, that can play more in the, uh, in triple a. And again, like, I mean, we're still talking about Mourinho and Mourinho is probably going to make his debut at some point this year. Uh, might maybe be in September when you get all the extra players, uh, allowed, but, um, I think that he's going to be up eventually this year, which really that pushes, uh, Kirk to DH hundred percent at that point. Yeah, because Ryan Tapia is not taking that. Like that—that that was the thing that pissed me off about that trade so much was Tapia is the number four outfielder for us. So he ain't yeah, but we, we Grit, Gritchick is better than Tapia. Gritchick. Yeah, but apparently Gritch was uh, bitching and moaning about his playing time more than the oh the, was that the, it? Up, the upcoming playing time because he's he knew he was the fourth guy, right? So that's what I heard anyway. But so anyway, this isn't a major deal here, but. Uh, you know, it helps us out with uh, with the minor league options and cash wise. I'm not sure how much what contracts were for. Well, I'm that assuming was, Collins that, is probably that was the less, thing but... about getting rid of um, Gritchett was it was it, you saved a bunch of cash. Yeah, and because I've already started the rumor mill with the the Brady and uh, Bruce Arians, I'm going to say this too because Canada doesn't allow the you have to be vaccinated to play here. Mm-hmm. He, there's n- nothing saying that he was vaccinated or not. This is true. So he, so he could have been one of those guys that had been traded for that. Yep. After talking about that, that, about that, the vaccination thing, that's an interesting uh, topic there because there's been a lot of fucking teams crying about 
you know, oh, well, you know, we might not be able to bring half of our team. Well, too fucking bad. Sorry about your fucking luck, bud. The loss. No remake. We're not going over there to fucking play you for a remake. Well, and how many, like, the, the Blue Jays had to face so much fucking adversity playing in Tampa, playing in Buffalo as, as a home team and the moving all the two rest. years. Yeah. And we got no fucking sympathy from anybody. So fuck these guys that are yep. crying because you, you can't know, come to Canada. You can't come to Canada. Like, we got to be fucking, we have to be vaccinated to get into the US. So, Why can't it, like, you be what's the fucking difference? In? Yeah, dumb dumbs. Yeah. And there's the same same conversation is going on with basketball right now, especially for the playoffs, because there's, you know, yeah, Kyrie can now play in New York, but if he were yeah, to end up playing Canada. in, yeah, they ended up playing in Toronto. I don't know if, it, if that could ever work out, depending on how they bracket. Pretty much up. the Raptors but, and the Nets need to go far into the playoffs. Right. But <laughs> so, but what I'm saying is that a team like that may not be 100% vaccinated, you might not be able to bring all your players to Toronto. Too fucking bad. Right. Yeah. You know? That's what I have to say about that. We've yep. we've missed enough uh, <laughs> games because of this yeah, pandemic, and exactly, and losing Gritchett over that like it pisses me off because I still think like his bat is well great in um, in the Rogers Center. Oh yeah, going Fair going to uh, Rockies Stadium will help him huge oh, yeah. still for sure. It's just as good as a stadium hitting home runs there, but. Do you think he starts in center field or maybe, nah, probably not right field because of Blackman, but like I'm yeah. sure Garrett Hampson is, uh, is the other center fielder and left field is likely going to be Chris Bryant. Oh yeah. We talked about this before. Yeah. So do you think he starts in center field or do you think he's still the fourth guy? He's going to be starting no matter what, somewhere in the outfield. So likely in center field then. Yeah. You're not, I don't like, I heard that Blackman was hitting lead off. So that means that he's not, he's going to play every day still, even though he's, old he's probably going to be hitting like fourth or fifth too. there. Colorado's team is garbage. Who's that Gritch? Yeah. Gritch will probably, yeah. He won't be that top. Like I could see, I could see Brian hitting three just because he's probably their best player. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure Gritch could hit a 30 home run one time. Um, and he can probably hit that again, especially in, there in Coors Coors Field. Yep. Well, so that'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how that that you know off the hop it's going to look like Colorado wins that trade all day because of who Gritchick is and for what. But again, back but, we save money and we've signed a lot of people lately. Yeah, a lot yep. of big names. And I mean, uh, the hell's it going to happen? He's like he's a speedy motherfucker, so like he's gonna be a great guy in the at the uh, you know end of the end of the game to, to pinch run that type of thing. And well, then, we need runners. We got home run hitters. That's what you guys keep on saying. You don't need I know, someone but on like, first. You, you, you still need that guy hitters. that can make it from first to home too. Yeah, first so, home on a on a double or on a, even on so, a single. So I can see that uh, he's not he like like I understand what you're saying because we've said that. I agree with you. He's gonna probably get a pinch runner, uh, Yosh. But he's like Kev said, he's not stealing. He's gonna, he's there from to run from first to home. Yeah. Uh, after off the wall, or it's gonna be a home run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, uh, I, I don't mind the pickup when it comes down to it. Like I said, the the, the cost saving thing of, of the of getting rid of Gritch and adding Tapia is isn't gonna be horrible. And um, see, I, I'd rather Gritch it, but who knows what who knows what everything else is. But that's just me. There's no cap here, so 
and and on my team in the NFL, they don't give a shit about the cap either. There, so they'll <laughs> <laughs> pay the fine. Fuck it, we'll fine. We'll we'll just pay the fine. Fuck that. Well, you start losing draft picks, I think, if you go over the cap there. Uh, but hey, the Rams know when they fucked up. Like they had golf, and I think they were still paying Gurley, who didn't play last year, and they won a Super Bowl. So. Well, thinking about fucked up shit there, yo, um, Jess, how about you throw us into this box? All right. So Philadelphia Flyers decided to end the Iron Man streak here for Keith Yandel. Idiots. Fuckers. And he wasn't even hurt. <laughs> he was a healthy? He was just garbage. <laughs> <laughs> was just, he was a garbage scratch. No, he is a healthy scratch versus Kev's Maple Leafs because Peter's not here. Uh, <laughs> they decided to end the game or end his streak at uh, 989 games, 11 shy of 1,000. Man, that would be quite the milestone. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's too and, bad, really. Yeah, it really is too bad, especially since Phil is really behind him and he played a shift and then left right away. For a baby. Yeah, so Arizona is on board to keep his streak, you know, alive for, for a shift. Now I understand that the Flyers are, you know, they want to see what they've got in some of their young players. So they would need a little bit more ice time. You know, there's also some vets that are likely looking for a payday, so they need to play it out in the last, uh, you know, 12 or 14, whatever games they've got left. So I can understand that it is a business. I get it. But, man, 11 games, like, you're you're doing nothing. You're a Philadelphia fucking garbage flyers. Like, just, just fucking let him play for the rest of the year. He's probably not going to get re-signed. He only signed a one-year contract, so he's likely going to be forced into retirement because nobody's going to pick him up. So just give this man the fucking thousand, you know? Just 30 seconds, man. Just put him on one shift, get him the fuck off, and all right, see you later. I mean, that that helps with the ice time on some of the other guys you want to see, but it still keeps one of your young guys up in the press box, right? Because you can't you can't switch him out, like, halfway through. We get, okay, well, Yano played his two minutes, and now we'll bring in some other Joe Blow, like a young guy mm-hmm. or whatever. You just can't do that. Right? So Not did, making... um, did the Coyotes then play a man down because Kessel left? They did. Yeah. Because you can only they, have they, so they many have guys, to. right? Yeah, yeah. You can only dress so many people. Yeah. Right. So, and he had, like I said, he's been playing garbage. He's got like a negative or minus 39. That's horrible. Really, <laughs> really bad. So, like, <laughs> he, bad. like, I can understand where the Flyers are coming from that he's been playing really bad, but at least get his game, uh, his thousand. Get, get him to that triple yeah, uh, quadruple digit kind of that's what i thought too and like yeah. he's not it's not like he's making a shit ton of money like he's making like i don't know it's like 900 grand or something like that like i think it might be the league veteran minimum type thing like it's league minimum 750 so i challenge is it it's not 900 700 league veteran minimum is what i said veteran. Oh, okay so my bad but no i'm, I'm just saying if you yeah, i'm good with you if you want to challenge me but i did say veteran but but anyway it, it is it's just shitty that they, you know, it's not like if they were fighting for a playoff spot, then okay. You know, that's a little bit different story, right? But if they were fighting for a playoff spot, then likely Yandel is a part of that. <laughs> and when he's a minus 39, he's not part of fuck <laughs> yeah. all. He's part of watching the puck on the other end his net. Yeah. 
so. Uh, all right, so one thing that I forgot to go over uh, while I was talking about the NCAA is our, um, uh, sorry, our, our March Madness bracket update. And so, uh, as mentioned before, Jesse has Kansas to win the whole thing, and he is the only one of us that has any potential uh, correct picks left. So as it stands right now, Jesse and I are tied with 35 points. Jesse has Kansas to win. So if Kansas wins, Jesse will win the, the bracket. Uh, if Kansas loses, which is exactly what's going to happen to UNC, then Jesse and I will tie for first and we will both end up with two points. One last year and win this year. No, I got to keep that streak alive. No. Of picking no. winners, no. just winners. No, just keep picking them. No, not happening. Uh, carry it on though Kevin you uh you had Villanova versus Kansas in the final four game you really needed that W uh which would have put you at 35 Jesse would have been at 34 and Jesse would have been out but instead you have the 34 nope. and you are out uh so yeah you, I'm okay with taking the zero you will or, finish or, in or, third place or or, no what. or a one or a plus one if you guys tie no you won't get a plus oh, so one so I still you, get a zero you, you, no matter what you get a zero, zero. yeah yeah I'm not last and, this year. That's good. That's right. And our boy Pete, who's uh, on his way back to Ontario from Newfoundland, takes uh, the money. He was he was out a long time ago. A long, long time. <laughs> He's got 33 right, uh, and we'll take the minus. But we will update those uh, portions of the scores next week uh, because we still have tomorrow night's game. Now, we only had one challenge today. We'll have one and a half, and then I guess this last one too. So maybe we had three, <laughs> at least two and a half. Uh, now I did find that the league minimum is 750, but it doesn't really say if it's a, like I I thought there was a veteran minimum and like a, a rookie minimum, but maybe that's just, just in like pretty, pretty sure football has that, don't they? Yeah, they have, they, yeah, they have is, a veteran minimum. Yeah. This, this is the NHL, sir. No, not NFL. No, no, I know, but yeah. I'm just saying. So, so. It, Actually, entry level contract is actually more than. Yeah, it's the same thing. It can be you could have that in the NFL too. So you it could... looks like I might actually be uh, taking a minus here. Because I only saw seven fifty. Mm-hmm. Um. Because there's no such thing as a uh, in the NHL as what I'm seeing is a the veteran minimum. Veteran minimum. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So you didn't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, I did not. What? The guy that like usually does nothing about contracts or anything like that, just like 750. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because that's what um he Spezza asked to, he probably called up them and like, how much would it be for me to play? No, Spezza. Spezza's always take the league minimum. That's that that's oh, a that, that, that's oh, a yeah. guy who keeps on sitting there saying, you know what? I'm just gonna play. I'm gonna give you guys money to get the people who who you need to play, you know what I mean, to make us better. It's pulling a Tom Brady. Except Brady's actually good still. So. I mean, Brady never took the minimum though. <laughs> no, no, but he would he would take he would tell other people to take the minimum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he did take nine hundred thousand, then obviously it is not the league minimum. So we ended up at a fucking zero today. I mean, George, don't worry, at least you're gonna get at least a point with the March Madness. I'm getting two points, bud. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting a point. 
All right. So uh, the Coach K, the Olympics, that was the first challenge. Uh, Kev said two. He actually did three. And I ended up, uh, after I had debated whether it was one or three, I went with three. <laughs> good thing <laughs> you I did. Was, good thing I did. 100%. Again, we still don't know if that was the heart or the, the head there. Right. He said the gut. <laughs> so that put me at a plus one, Kevin a minus one. And then uh, just uh, just in our penalty box there with the league minimum, Kev was right, uh, as it is uh, 750. And I thought the 900 that Yandel uh, is making this year was the veteran league minimum. And there isn't even a veteran league minimum in the NHL. So it shows you how much I know. And that is, uh, that's our update for this week. Uh, if we go into the season totals, uh, bitch Peter is at plus or sorry, he's at just at zero. I mean, you're the bitch beer tonight too. So. I know. I know. <laughs> Uh, you're you're even today so that keeps you even i don't need any more minuses at minus eight you were a bitch and didn't say uh, any challenges Challenges. Uh, you stay at plus i went i wanted a challenge too on the the, that 60 uh i'm glad i didn't because i was gonna say yeah someone's gotta reach that too (laughs) and there was a couple misses too on kev's part there on that too yeah for sure uh, and then I was plus one, minus one, so zero for the day, which keeps me at minus four. So no changes over the season, but at least we got a couple challenges in this week, boys. We didn't all take a minus. Uh, the whole fucking, the show is called Points and Penalties, so we got to make sure we get fucking some challenges in, guys. <laughs> but we did it this week. So while you're uh, carrying on there, Josh, you might as well talk about your bitch beer today, bud. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so... Again, I had two two beers uh, from the same brewery, uh, different varieties as they came in a multi six pack. And both so my... lower than both of ours. <laughs> they were they were one hundred percent both lower. Uh, so the first one the, again is from Wavemaker Craft Brewing and Taproom out of Cambridge. First one I had uh, prior to halftime was called the Warrior. It's a Quebec IPA with Amarillo Mosaic and Idaho Seven, and it is a six point three percent. It's got some fucking like night looking guy and he's got a beer in his hand it's pretty cool fucking can i like it it was a good tasting beer a little bit uh citrusy but not crazy not probably not as much as jesse's and then my other uh, second beer was a 5.4 percent unfiltered lager just a pretty standard old lager um it's a beer mug with a fucking wave coming out of it because it's wave maker you see what they did there yep all right pretty tasty but just your standard old beer uh, no complaints there. And I'm currently working on a backup beer, which is uh, number four uh, for the show. Now, who was the bitch? Oh, wait, I was the bitch. Who was the, who's the next bitch? Yeah, I was. Oh, fucking Mr. Masters. Why don't you tell us about your beer? Green one. The green one. With a log in the middle. Yeah. It looks like a log. It is a Woodhouse Brewing Company double IPA with a 7.8%. I liked it, man. I mean, at one point when I drank an IPA, now they're growing on you, man. They're growing on you. Yeah, man. They're all good. Still won't drink them like normally, just only on the show. But that's right. That's right. You know me. I, I like those, that one that you got there. Like it was good. It was a good beer. It, it is for good sure beer. is good. It's potent too. It's just not potent for PMP. It's not as potent as yours, though, today, bud. No, what, it was not. What were you drinking? I was drinking Awkward Moments from Job Site. I did not have an Awkward crack? Moment. What? With a little plum, plumber crack? 
Yeah, the plumber crack is right there. Yeah. I mean, like, what's wrong with showing a little ass? Like, it's not an awkward moment. <laughs> <laughs> it is if you have a fucking leak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, takes the cake here tonight, boys, from the job site here in Stratford. And I think it was, it was 9.1. So I need that point one. I like it. As I said before, it was fruity. Very fruity. Very fruity. But I did enjoy it quite a bit. And I definitely will be heading back to job site to get one of these. Sweet. It's good times. I'm gonna, I I like the just a name a job site. It, you know, I'm a tradesman. It makes sense. It makes you're sense for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It makes sense for me. <laughs> job site. You know what I we need here? We need to get a beer called job site. That's right. I have to travel to Stratford to Greenville. <laughs> Do you I'm know if they're anywhere else or are they just uh, like local, just right out of the brewery? Uh, I think you can get in the Lickbo. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I don't know which brands you could get because when I went there, I was like, I went looking. I definitely went looking for some high alcohol content ones. And this was the highest one. But I went f- with the other IP last weekend. That one was really good and solid. They do have a few light ones, and I'm told to get them, but I probably won't bring them up. <laughs> <laughs> She's trying to talk me into them. Like, mm, yeah, like <laughs> I, I like the more potent stuff. It's all right. My old lady's got me a four and a half percent one in the fridge. I'm like, I can't drink that. <laughs> no, no, I'll drink that right now. But yeah, that's what I said. I'm like, I'll show. drink it now, but I can't do it on the show. So. <laughs> Anyway, guys, for the two of you, myself, Pizza's traveling. He's going to be back next week, hopefully, unless he gets delayed again and again and again. Who knows with his, uh, his travel plans here. But for all of us at Points and Penalties, we'd like to thank everyone for listening. Please subscribe on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. If it's YouTube, it's right down here. I know you can do it. You can do it. Click it. Click it. Give us a like and follow. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Points Penalties. And until next week. Stay Stay out out of the the penalty penalty box. box.